hello friends now we are going to cover rest part of the chapter cuban communism and swedish social democracy by the late 1980s the cuban economy was in an acutely vulnerable position near total dependency on the soviet bloc excessive reliance on sugar indebtedness to the capitalist world and few competitive products with high high income yields the collapse of communism in eastern europe in 1989 and the subsequent disintegration of the soviet union were then crippled uh, then crippling blows and the cubans assessed the cost to their economy at 5.7 billion dollar in 1992 with the loss of 70% of their purchasing power perhaps no modern economy suffered a comparable collapse in the 20th century except in conditions of war the us clearly believed that additional pressure would bring about the end of the regime and in 1992 passed the cuba democracy act which tightened the embargo and uh, specified that only the total removal of the communist party from power would be acceptable and this was uh, reinforced by further legislation in 1996 the impact of such economic and political pressures on any state would be immense in effect cuba was turned into a siege economy with the power shut off every day in each neighborhood shortages of necessities and queues for rationed food the need for people to spend so much time dealing with the basic requirements of life inevitably also led to a decline in productivity although many factories could not function in any case because they lacked the raw materials or spare parts in these circumstances the castro regime attempted to maintain an equality of misery with the continuation of free medicine and education but doctors needed to spend much of their time searching for equipments or drugs and the schools were also short of the basic requirements university admissions were reduced and a greater emphasis was placed on more practical education this was related to a new attempt to create self sufficiency self sufficiency in food production with the creation of agricultural brigades however the government was aware that neither the economy nor the social system could survive simply on the basis of collective austerity and sacrifice and it simultaneously pursued more aggressive attempt to attract foreign investment with elements of privatization above all this involved a bid to turn cuba into a major tourist center while this sent, while this sent certainly brought uh, some economic benefits it also had some highly negative effects almost immediately after the attainment of power in 1959 castro had uh, ended the sleazy nightclub culture which the island had built up during its dependency on the usa some of uh, this was now restored and sex tourism resumed the influx of tourists also had marked economic effects for some time an informal dollar economy had been developing but in 1993 this was legalized in an attempt to gain as much hard currency as possible over the next or the next decade <coughs> this led to a situation 
in which the dollar economy became increasingly dominant while poorer people were reliant on the rationing system similar two tier systems grew up elsewhere foreign tourists were given privileges of various kinds including fuel allocations while many cubans were still struggling with acute shortages likewise those who worked in the tourist industry received bonuses and tips while those outside it had a few such opportunities although the economy began to grow again after 1994 its nature had now changed and both the renewed poverty and the impact of tourism inevitably exacerbated the political problems increasing pressure from washington particularly with george w bush in the white house reinforced the difficulties while uh, castro's periodic reliance on overt repression strengthened the hand of the cuban lobby in florida in ensuring that no concessions were made in this context the imprisonment of 75 descendants and the execution of three people for hijacking a ship and trying to sell it to florida in april april 2003 suggested that the regime was fighting for survival rather than progressively moving towards the professed goals of the revolution apart from the support of the chavez government in venezuela cuba was soon almost entirely isolated with the european union also hardening its line yet the region's endurance was remarkable and two years later the prognosis was uncertain on the one hand the us stranglehold was constantly tightened with restrictions on dollar remittances obstacles imposed on us food sales to cuba and tougher curbs on commerce visas and travel on the other hand cuban biotech and medical exports increased the discovery of oil in the gulf of mexico provided a new lifeline ties with several latin american countries were strengthened and the european union aged towards the resumption of normal diplomatic relations in october 2004 castro had even retaliated against the us by announcing that american currency would no longer be accepted in cuba and imposing a 10% commission on the use of dollars serious problems remained but the cuban leader ex- exuded confidence during the during a 5-hour speech on state television in March 2005, evaluating Castro's regime. In 1959, the Cuban Revolution had based itself on the aspirations of the masses and during the early years of the new regime, its aims were demonstrably socialist. The elimination of poverty and the construction of a new egalitarian society based on cooperation and social solidarity. all this was to carried out on the doorstep uh, do, doorstep of a bitterly hostile superpower that would use all available means to subvert and overthrow castro's state how should the record of post revolutionary cuba be evaluated by any standards the social achievements of the cuban regime were impressive in relation to the goals of reducing poverty and creating equality The medical advances were particularly remarkable with Cuba soon having the most doctors nurses and hospital beds per capita in Latin America and achievement even more remarkable in view of the fact that uh, about 50% of the country's doctors went into exile soon after the 
revolution. A special feature of Cuban medical development was its attempt to equalize provision between the towns and the countryside. Cuba thus become, became the only Latin American nation with a universal system of free healthcare across the country and the diversity of provision was also exceptional. This was reflected in life expectation which improved from being the third highest in the region at 59 before the revolution to coming up to coming top at 76 in 1992 and also in infant mortality rates so that in 1990 the deaths uh, the death rates uh, the death rate for children in Havana was about half that for Washington DC moreover the equality and uh, quantity of healthcare in the US was far more uh, discriminatory in terms of uh, both class and race than in Cuba. The achievements in education were equally remarkable with free primary, secondary, technical and higher education for all and a literacy rate of 96.4% by the 1990s. There were also major gains in relation to race inequality. Before the revolution, black Cubans had been excluded from many public facilities but uh, such discrimination was outlawed at the beginning of the new regime equal access to education meant uh, that there was a significant improvement in the number of uh, afro cubans achieving high positions in cuban society even though it still appears that uh, black cubans are all represented in the lower echelons of the labor market as already noted the role of uh, women changed fundamentally in Cuban society with a dramatic improvement in their social, economic and political position. This also led to a decline in birth and f uh, fertility rates with uh, Cuba's pattern of family size uh, and demography far closer to the typical advanced industrial society than to its Latin American neighbors. The regime attempted to maintain its social achievements after the fall of the Soviet bloc. but. Uh, Inevitably, the economic collapse made it extremely difficult to do so. Sustainable socialism needs to, needs to be established on the basis of a sustainable economy. However, it also needs to be built on strong political support and in this respect, the record is mixed. The revolutionary regime certainly sought to establish social solidarity and cooperation and in many respects, in, uh, it succeeded in doing so, particularly in the early stages. There is no doubt that uh, such institutions as the CDR were constructed on the basis of genuine enthusiasm to defend the new regime, particularly against the threat of US intervention. There were also frequent manifestations of social solidarity, for example, in the campaigns for urban workers to help in the countryside. No doubt, the success of such events always rested on an element of social control and propaganda, but uh, they still had a considerable significance in demonstrating the bonds across society and between society and government. Nevertheless, mass mobilization of this kind is not in itself democratic and this uh, raises the issue of political institutions. During the 1960s, the Communist Party and the CDR were used as a dual go governing organs and uh, at their peak, they had up to 3 million members out of a population of 11 million. But the party itself maintained power in uh, comparatively few hands and uh, didn't 
uh, even hold its uh, first congress until 1975 after the failure of the 1970 sugar campaign the limitations of the cdr were recognized and in 1976 popular participation in policy implementation was uh, channeled through new organizations called people's power which had a role in supervising government agencies and formulating laws and regulations for society as a whole however such attempts to create a form of civil society were always limited by the influence of reliable party members in the institutions of uh, people's power and uh, the trade union confederation moreover the highest uh, echelons of the party always took the decisions at government governmental level although it was never formally an institution of government no factions were allowed in the party and although there was a theoretically a right to uh, strike this was never used some of the intermediate institutions particularly the cdr the trade union confederation and the cuban women's federation provided a useful sounding board for the leadership and complaints sometimes led to changes in policy however these were not organizations through which real opposition could develop and those who sought to challenge the communist system or existing policies would normally be jailed after the collapse of the soviet bloc some effort was made to introduce limited reforms into the political system in 1991 the party payroll was greatly reduced and more direct elections were introduced reducing the ability of senior echelons simply to choose committee members there was also an attempt to involve the population as a whole by enabling people to put forward their complaints before the party congress that year 3 million did so with over a million opinions voiced on a whole range of topics possibly with some impact on educational policy however the elections of 1993 and 1998 were more like plebiscites than choices of government policy and castro's dominance was not affected by the institutional reforms this lack of uh, robust uh, pluralist institutions coupled with the existence of social solidarity and cooperation raises two questions about the cuban experience the first is empirical will the solidarity which was constructed partly through castro's own charismatic authority be sufficient to withstand the pressures on the regime after his death many analysts are rather pessimistic about this for example uh, susan extein has stressed uh, the way in which the existing intermediate uh, organizations have been used as transmission belts for new government policies thereby undermining their current ability to defend the gains of the revolution this could mean that in the event of the collapse of the regime there would be no non governmental organizations to defend the social uh, social gains achieved since 1959 against a washington led new liberal assault however other emphasize the extent to which the revolution is embedded in the popular consciousness and imply that it still has the potential for renewal in a post castro regime but uh, whatever the future holds there is a second and more theoretical issue concerning the nature of socialism itself the cuban regime has uh, apparently believed that democracy is uh, inherent within the social achie- uh, achievements 
Rol Castro, the brother and her and her apparent of Fidel, made this quite clear in August 1974. Even without representative institutions, our revolutionary state is and always was democratic. A state like ours, which represents the interests of the working class, no matter what its form and structure, is more democratic than any other state in history. However, most non-communist traditions of socialism. would not accept that the goal of social equality is a substitute for that of political equality even though they might agree that it is a precondition for it from this perspective cuban socialism would be defective in the crucial sphere of democracy even if it managed to survive through mass mobilization and social solidarity moreover in the long run this may not be solely a matter of theory or of principle but also of practical politics for people may need to believe that they are able to voice dissent and seek to influence outcomes through independent institutions if so this would suggest that sustainable socialism depends upon active support and political freedoms now sweden cuba and socialism both sweden and cuba have achieved much in relation to the socialist goals of equality cooperation and social solidarity clearly their systems differed very markedly and the two countries were also at very different stages of development when such goals were introduced yet the two case studies have revealed some similarities first it is evident that in both cases the social achievements remain dependent on uh, sustainable economic success and became far more difficult to uphold when growth faltered furthermore as uh, time went on it was also clear that the domestic economies could uh, could not be isolated from international economic pressures second while uh, egalitarianism was uh, normally welcomed by poorer sections of the community in neither state was it universally popular thus when the cuban regime attempted to build the revolution without uh, material rewards in the 1960s the reaction against this led to greater incentives and inequality of pay in the next period similarly the egalitarianism of the solidarity wages system and uh, high taxation in sweden led to a backlash in the 1970s and 1980s this suggests that equality goals can never be taken for granted by either communist or social democratic governments third both the swedish and cuban models have passed their peak in the cuban case the regime was uh, fighting for survival as soon as the soviet collapsed occurred and one of the results of this was the introduction of more elements of capitalism particularly through tourism in sweden to the industrial relations bargaining system that had uh, underpinned its social model had been eroded and elements of privatization had been introduced into public services this was a uh, uh, this was part of a wider phenomenon that will be examined in chapter 4 there were there are also important contrast between the cuban and swedish experiences castro's revolution transformed cuban society to a far greater extent than uh, any impact made by social democracy on sweden where the system of private uh, ownership remained in a very concentrated form and uh, the changes that took place were always dependent upon compromises with political opponents however while the transformation in cuba certainly elicited popular support 
it was uh, constructed from about two state and party dominated institutions in sweden the independent civil society organizations ready to defend the social model proved to be quite robust one of the principal reasons why neoliberal pressures had made much less impact on the welfare system in sweden by the early 21st century than than many people had feared 15 years earlier was the determination of trade unions and women's movements to prevent this while the swedish economy had not suffered the kind of devastation faced by cuba and its political system was therefore not tested in the same way the resilience of its civil society was notable it is also instructive to consider the experiences of sweden and cuba in the context of the two traditions they represented both states it will be recalled were chosen not because they were typical exemplar exam, exemplars but because they demonstrated the potential as well as the limitations of their respective traditions swedish social democracy may have coexisted with the capitalism rather than creating the kind of socialism originally envisaged in the 19th century but uh, it created a relatively egalitarian and cooperative society through democratic means built on an unusual degree of social consensus the model that was created has been trimmed but is still recognizable outside scandinavia social democracy has not shown the same resilience because it never succeeded in constructing a society in its own image in such countries as britain france and germany social democratic parties normally formed governments only sporadically and were not guaranteed uh, sorry were not granted much opportunity to leave a lasting imprint on the social fabric but nor were they always very clear about the kind of society they were Uh, trying to build all this made it easier for neoliberalism to undermine to undermine uh, the post war consensus on social welfare and full employment after the mid 1970s particularly in britain the experience of cuba in relation to that of uh, other communist regimes is uh, still more telling the rapid collapse of the soviet bloc in eastern europe in 1989 once it became clear that mikhail gorbachev uh the soviet leader would not use military means to sustain the states there indicated the erosion of popular support for the existing systems the causes of the disintegration of the soviet union itself two years later were highly complex but also suggested that even after more than 70 years in power the communist state had not secured sufficient legitimacy to withstand political system of china uh sorry uh, legitimacy to withstand the pressures to which it was now subjected while the single party political system of china may have remained intact it has embraced a capitalist economics the market and the inequality and vietnam has moved in a similar direction north korea has changed to a lesser degree but it, it uh, remains a hermetically sealed militarist dictatorship cuba is therefore alone in maintaining fundamental elements of its social and economic system against sustained us pressure it remains to be seen whether post castro regime will demonstrate the same resilience or whether the revolutionary state has always been constructed around the personality of its founder so here are uh, second topic cuban communism and swedish social democracy finally 
in and uh, in next episode we are going to see chapter 3 new lefts enrichment and fragmentation so thank you thank you very much